Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I hope you guys are having such a great day, such a great week, wherever you are and whatever you are up to as you listen. Right now, in real time, it is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and now we are in Advent, which is just so exciting. I love Christmas. I feel like so many of you and I'm really excited because I have sewn our Christmas stockings this year. I'm actually not quite finished with them, but I know that they will be done by December 1st, which I kind of have a bad habit sometimes of starting a sewing project and then taking a while to like completely finish it. So I'm really looking forward to hanging those this year and it's also just kind of interesting because my husband took this new job in September as a worship pastor at our church and so yeah this is our first Christmas season as like a full-time ministry family and especially with him doing music it's just really crazy (laughs) he has so many like Christmas programs that he's helping with and then obviously like the regular services. I think he has like three services on Christmas Eve. So yeah, it's just a really new season for us, but I'm really excited and expectant about Advent and the Christmas season this year. So I hope you guys are too. I know the holidays can bring just so many mixed feelings for different people especially if this is your first holiday season, Christmas season after a loved one has passed. And even if it's been a while, like I just know there's a lot of grief that can be intermingled with that too. So if that's you today, just know I see you and I will be praying for you as you listen. I am truly so excited to share today's episode with you as well as next week's, but I will share about Caroline here in a second. First of all, I want to read our memory verse and it is coming from James. It's James 1, actually two verses, 19 and 20. And it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I have shared, I think, on here, um, just bits and bobs, but anger is something that I have really dealt with and the Lord has brought so much healing in, but this verse just really speaks to me and I feel like is something that I try to dwell on often. It's just such a helpful memory verse to have in your back pocket to be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. If you guys want a little wallpaper for this verse or if you want to see previous community memory verses, then you can go to our Instagram. It's at Love in a Cottage Podcast and we also have that in the little description here on your podcast app as well. But today's episode is with my friend Caroline Hansen, and I am so excited because she truly is so gifted with words, like the way that she 
beautifully, eloquently, but also like very honestly describes her life and tells stories and just the faithfulness of God is so real and beautiful and just a blessing to me. And I pray that it's a blessing to you. You guys, we talked for over two hours. So I keep kind of having to split up episodes into two parts, but I just want you guys to be able to really digest what she's saying. I had to do this with the last two episodes on Gal Pals Talk Home Birth. And so that's just what I felt would be best with this. That way you guys can kind of get the framework because we are going to be talking about her infertility diagnosis and journey that she's in the thick of. She so graciously is opening um, or not even opening. She's like sharing an open wound with us, but I really believe that her vulnerability is going to touch so many of your hearts who have or maybe are currently walking through this. And so that will mostly be next week's episode. But today, we are talking about what it looks like to embrace seasons of waiting. She shares how she met her husband and just kind of the like supernatural way that she met him. But within that, it's not like, oh my gosh, he's like the perfect man and she meets him right away and they get married immediately. You will have to hear because it's such a great story. But just a lot of waiting and learning to authentically commune with God and allowing him to fill the deepest part of her that longed to be chosen and loved and known. And so I really think that this is going to resonate with you and just be so nourishing for your spirit. I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Caroline, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be hanging out with you this morning. Thank you. Me too. I'm so pumped to talk with you and really just so honored that you reached mm-hmm. out to me. Yes. Well, how we got connected is a little bit crazy, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. Literally so crazy. Okay. So I was on TikTok, which is funny because that's not usually how <laughs> things like this start. I feel like um, I'm still kind of, I don't know. I go in phases with TikTok. Like, I was kind of for the longest time, like, I'm just a reels girl, which is the same but different, you know. And then I like made the jump and I'm like, okay, I'm going to like try. And it just depends on the day how much I'm on it or not. But I was searching a hashtag, Faithful the Brand, which is this brand that I love. Like, I have a few dresses from them. So good. Don't even know why I was searching it. Like, I actually think. I was a little curious because some of the brands that I love, I haven't really seen on TikTok at all. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I could ever get into some like content creation stuff because I feel like on Instagram, I don't necessarily have, I guess, what they're looking for or whatever the stats. But I was like, maybe on TikTok, I could pitch something, whatever. Just kind of like a one-off thing. Find this video that you posted that was so cute. And boom, I was just sucked in. I was like, who is this girl? She is so fun. I love her style, but like she's hilarious. But also, like you were sharing some like deeper things. Um, and then yeah, I just like dug in and I don't even remember how I knew that you like were a believer, but maybe I got on Instagram and um it was so interesting because literally at the time you were shooting something with Sarah. 
I always say Jansen, Sarah Allman, uh-huh. who uh-huh. was on the show. Did you know she was a guest on here? No, I, I mean, I didn't until she connected the dots for me while yes. we were on the trip. Yeah. Because I was like, meeting her for the first time there oh my as gosh. well on that work trip, which is crazy. That is so fun. Yeah. So, and you guys were also like out of the country, right? Like it was just. Yeah. We were in the Bahamas together. Okay. Well, just like, I don't know how the Lord aligned how all that. How it all happened. Yeah. Yes. So I messaged her and I was like, I just messaged Caroline. Can you like tell her that, to check her message request or whatever? Because I just instantly knew like. I didn't even know what's so crazy. Like, I didn't even know your story, but I was like, she is someone I want to be friends with. I want to get to know. And we were just laughing because we talked to the phone yesterday and we thought we'd be talking about like dinner parties and like coastal grandmother right. fashion. <laughs> and the Lord's actually like, uh, you could talk about that, but there's like even more, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's oh, our is there, yeah. friendship origin story, yeah. which is so fun. TikTok of all places. <laughs> of all places, I know. And not even, I don't know, like through a brand hashtag. That's just so funny. I know. But I have been doing a huge intro, but could you just share a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you guys live for our listeners? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Um, so I'm Caroline Hansen. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Initially, I moved here to attend Belmont University for music and pursue a career in music in 2015. But the Lord had other plans for my life, which is typically how it goes. Um, but that's what initially got me to Nashville and to Belmont. And I met my husband, Noah, in kind of a supernatural way our sophomore year of college. And I met him in a Monday night Spanish class, which was, you know, so bizarre. He was a film major. I was a songwriting major at the time. So the fact that our paths even crossed was, you know, kind of strange. Um, And that's a crazy story. But um, we quickly became inseparable friends and we were, we'd spend late nights studying at the library and just, you know, yeah, inseparable, like attached at the hip. He taught me everything I know about video and film, um, video production. And that had always been something in the back of my mind that I wanted to dabble in or pursue, but I had no entry point of learning film at all. And it felt like this really sweet intersection of everything that I loved, music, storytelling, visuals. Um, But I didn't know anybody in the film world. I didn't know anybody that could really hold my hand throughout that process or even where to begin while I was pursuing such a niche career in music. And that was Noah. So I didn't know if he came into my life, you know, just for that reason or what it was, but, um, yeah, it was this really sweet way of meeting him and we just became really quick friends. We ended up launching a ministry project together, a video ministry project together. So, um, it's funny school kind of felt like irrelevant because life with Noah and in film just kind of snowballed. And it felt like this is where God has me. Um, and school was just like the location or the setting for it. Um, but yeah, we fell in love and naturally, um, and it was pretty awesome. And it was kind of just this sweet, beautiful experience of getting 
to work together and start a life together pretty quickly. Um, right after graduation, we worked on a documentary together for a year. And um, then we got engaged, got married in the pandemic, which was a wild experience. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. And now I'm a wife, a filmmaker, and a business owner. And mm. I j- don't know how all of this happened, but it's been a lot of transition and extremes, which I just kind of feel like describes your 20s, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It's like all of these major things. And obviously some of that can go into your 30s or whatever, but it does feel like a decade of right. just like major life things happening all life at once. Life change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Moves, marriage, totally. like kids, just so many things happening. Mm-hmm figuring out what you want to do with your life and yes. who you want to do it with and exactly where you want like to root it's pivoting a million times <laughs> it's right so and not wild. having a lot of money yes exactly. at least for us you know yeah it's, a no, lot of, it's very layered totally very layered so no doubt yeah well I love that it sounds like um it's just been really sweet how the Lord has written your story, but I know it also hasn't been like without challenge. And I just, okay, you said that you guys met in this really crazy way. And I know, I'm glad you gave us that overview, but I want to know like for real, how did yeah. you guys meet? Because I'm so it's, curious. It's kind of wild. Um, it's funny when we, when Sarah and I met, we talked about this on the beach and it's like, it's funny how this story comes up because it is so um, like I'm cautious how I share it because I feel mm. like it makes me sound so like woo woo and just like, but it really is like such a move of God. And yeah. I also want to be careful about how I share it because I think I want to make sure that I'm encouraging like the right things in people. Mm. And I feel like, you know, I just have to trust that the Lord knows the intentions of my heart and that it really just is a beautiful story of his faithfulness. But yeah, I mean, I'll jump right in. Um, it's kind of long winded, yeah. so I'll see if I can if I can tell I'll you in a, a semi brief <laughs> way. But <laughs> we got that. Um, okay, I love it. Um, yeah, so I didn't really date growing up, like really wanted to date, but, um, had high standards. Um, my good (laughs) relationship with the Lord. Yeah. My relationship with the Lord began at a really young age. Um, I think it's hard to tell, you know, my love story with Noah without giving that context. Um, cause I think, you know, that foundation was kind of being built really early. Um, and I'm so, grateful that it started then. Um, but it is a part of my story personally. Um, I grew up in a family of three brothers, so I was kind of automatically like the black sheep of the family because it was just like, Oh, she's the girl, you know, like on her own Mm. Island. And I wasn't a, I wasn't a tomboy. Like I played every sport with the boys that I possibly could. I really tried to keep up with them. Um, but I was a very like creative nurturing, like, feminine girl. And so kind of naturally fell on the outskirts of my family, but truly like through different hardships and challenges at a young age. And then also things that I, I was a really introspective kid. So I thought things and felt things really, really deeply, really early. And, um, my parents were believers, are believers. And 
we definitely aren't a perfect family by any means. Um, there's a lot of trauma and chaos and drama all the time. Um, and that's a part of, you know, the mosaic of our family. But I think I experienced things personally at an early age, internally and externally that by the grace of God led me to a really early and deep relationship with him. And I think when it came to dating, my standards were really high, like really quickly, which is so funny, like really early. And I was such a romantic. Wow. I love <laughs> um, that. Like I would definitely like look for my husband. Like I was kind of, you know, I was on the prowl. Like I, I'm, I'm not like, that was definitely like an active part of like my thought life as a kid. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm going to meet my husband. It's going to be beautiful and romantic and whatnot. But I was definitely yes. like, you know cheesy and ridiculous and like dramatic about it for sure. Caroline, that makes me laugh so much because (laughs) my best friend from high school and I went to a Matthew West concert when we were sophomores. Oh my gosh. We couldn't drive. So (laughs) our parents took us and I remember prowling. I remember prowling at this Matthew (laughs) West concert. Like where are the hot youth group boys? It's so real. Well, and I think it's, you know, wherever in your story you meet Jesus, if you're, you know, like as a woman, a a desire in our hearts is to be wanted and to be loved and to be pursued. So whether it's like before you meet Jesus or after, it's still the same desire, just looks a different way maybe, you know, and it still can be just as like messy and dramatic and, you know, sometimes ridiculous, but you know, in different, it just shows itself in different ways. And I think, you know, I was still young and immature and silly, but that desire was also, you know, really real and really significant. And I know that the Lord, you know, put it in my heart for a reason. And I'm sure there were things I like just, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of hurt if I, you know, Mm. really let him into that earlier. But long story short, I did have like, I was pretty picky and I'm grateful for that. Um, And, And I also struggled with, you know, like every girl and woman, um, body image and self-esteem issues and, you know, had this kind of like duality happening of like, okay, I'm really picky, but also Mm -hmm. like, if I wasn't picky, would anybody choose me? You know? And I think that was always kind of rattling around in my brain. So I think just high school was really hard in that capacity and wanting to be chosen, but also wanting to, you know find my husband. And like, I didn't think that there was, you know, one person for me or that it was this, like, you know, I don't know, but I, for me personally, I didn't think that there was like a right way. Like you had to only date one person or find a bunch of experience or whatever it was. But for me personally, like I really felt like I wanted to be with my husband and that that was this like deep desire. And while it might've started kind of romantic and silly and, dramatic as a kid, like the Lord really shaped this desire to glorify him. And it was mm-hmm. something that he put in my heart and it was so evident when I met Noah, but basically I went to college, you know, I had not even had my first kiss, which like, there's no shame ladies. Um, I think there's such a like societal stigma on like, you know, all of these things that you feel like you're yes. supposed to do yes. and it just doesn't matter. Um, but I'd gone on dates with guys, like I'd had some experience in that regard, but yeah, I went to college and I was pursuing music and a lot of things, um, 
happened, you know, in that year of life, transitioning out of high school and out of my hometown and being on my own for the first time that really like deepened my faith and kind of was this like marker in my life of really just like recommitting my life to the Lord in a real way that felt unique to me and to my, you know, experience, not my parents or my family or where I'm from. Um, so went to school, um, freshman year, basically just all of these things happened that kind of rocked my world and like a lot of death and a lot of grief and a lot of challenges that were stacked on top of just the normal challenge of adjusting to life in college and adjusting to life in a new city and creating new relationships. And all of those things really just like by the grace of God rooted my faith and drew me into relationship with him. That was really reliant and dependent. And out of that place, I felt like, you know, I don't know if music is what I'm called to anymore. I don't know. And yeah. So freshman year of college, I was going through a lot that really just strengthened my relationship with God because I just, it, a lot of things forced me to be totally reliant on him. And I feel like that just caused me to do a lot of like questioning about where he was taking my life and the calling yeah. on my life. And I feel yeah. like that's what during that time, you know, 18, 19, 20, you're really heavily thinking about those things. Like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Who are my friends? Really, where is my identity? And so I, you know, was asking a lot of big questions with God and I'm so grateful for that time. But during that time, um, I really felt called to start dabbling in video and like video ministry potentially. And I was like, okay, well, that's totally out of my wheelhouse. Like I have no baseline for that. I have no relationship with someone that's in that world. Like I don't even know where to begin, but I just started with a lot of prayer and social media was really, you know, gaining traction, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff. So I started doing like little Bible studies on um, Snapchat because Instagram stories were not a thing at the time and started kind of like uncovering little connections, like in different corners of my life of relationships I in the past or outside relationships or whatever, of just people really asking genuine questions about what it was like to, you know, live life with Jesus and, um, just kind of stumbled my way through figuring out what it would look like to start like a video ministry of sorts. So that was this little like quiet dream on my heart. I didn't know if it was going to be a YouTube channel or what it was going to be, but I just felt really drawn to video and incorporating my faith in some way. So how all of that ties into my story with Noah is the summer going into my sophomore year, I was a camp girl. So like every year in between school, I would go to camp. And before I went off to camp, I had like a month in between when college wrapped up and when camp started. And I was really using that time to just pray and commune with the Lord. And I'm so, it's so funny to look back on like years, years, years you know, past. And I'm like envious of the faith that she had, like the things that I was praying for. Like, I am just like yes. praying now for that to be refreshed in me. Like it was so childlike and uninhibited. Yeah. Um, but during that time I was in my kitchen. It's crazy. Like even when I say, it, I'm like, this is ridiculous, but now I'm sitting in my home with my husband. So it was real, but 
I was sitting in my kitchen all alone and I was studying first Corinthians and I was praying and I was just like pouring my heart out to God. And it was early in the morning and Noah Hansen's name pops into my head. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Genuinely. And I knew of him. So it wasn't like, okay, I got this word from the Lord of this man's name and he shall be your husband. Like it wasn't this like crazy off the wall thing. I didn't hear the voice of God, but I literally kind of thought of it as like an intrusive thought in a sense, you know, I'm like, okay, what's happening? I know of this guy, but I'm just like doing my quiet time praying. Like I'm very ADD. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is, I was on social media and he popped up or something, but I did not know him. I just knew of him. But yeah, well, I was just like, what is happening? Uh, I guess not an intrusive thought, but I was just, it just popped into my head and I, you know, it wasn't like this. I wasn't, it wasn't audible, of course, but it was just random. And I, you know, stopped what I'm doing and I Googled him because I was like, who is this guy? Um, I know of him, but I don't know, you know, what he does or like, why is he in my head? You know, I didn't follow him on anything. Um, and I just knew he was like this kid from California that went to Belmont and what came up was his YouTube channel, which is amazing. Like that's rich. His YouTube channel. He had a vlog. He had a vlog. Um, and he was vlogging every day of like freshman year, every week or something. Like Casey Neistat style, if you're familiar, like he was very into like, you know, like the cool vloggers at the time. Um, But it was actually cool. Like it was good. Like I respected him. It wasn't like cringy. It was like, okay, this is really actually you're cool. Um, But he, the first video that popped up was this, you know, he's 18, 19 at the time, 18 year old boy talking about the character of God. And I was like, wait a second. So I'm like in my quiet time, I'm like throwing it to the side, Googling this boy that just popped into my head. And I I didn't, you know, fall in love with him as I'm watching the video, but something profound like definitely happened. And it sounds silly, you know, recalling that moment, but it was so supernatural. Like his name pops into my head. I Google him. I find this video of this guy just talking about his experience with the Lord and how he's not boring and he is a God of creativity. And just like, I was like, what is this guy about? So I'm like, he is going to be a part of my life. Like I know that he's going to be a part of my life. And I, you know, get back to what I'm doing. I get back to what I'm doing um, in the word and in my prayer life and like put my computer away and I start praying. And I was praying about that video ministry at the time, like when his name pops into my head and I'm like, keep praying about, you know, my relationships and whatnot. And I can't get his name out of my head. And I just felt like the Lord was really just placing on my heart, like to ask him to cross our paths, like to actually put a request before God to like cross my paths with Noah Hansen. And I'm telling you, Paige, that was so foreign to me. Like, you know, my faith started in the Baptist church and then we went to a non-denom church. And, but I just did not know what, I didn't know you could ask God for things. I didn't know that you could really Mm. like talk to him like a friend. Like that was something I was so new to learning, like how to dialogue with him Yes, from a place of just like, from a ca- in a casual way, in a way, you know, that's informal and really warm and normal and friendly. And I didn't know that you could like really just ask him for things and ask him to move in your life. And it felt so specific. And I felt like I was, I was just 
terrified to be let down. Like, what if this is not God? What if this is me? Like, do I really know the voice of God? Like, do I, you know, is that something I've, I really like trust in myself and it could, would not leave my head. So I was like, you know what? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. As I have nothing to lose. If this annoying thought won't leave my head, I'm just going to write it down in my journal ask him to cross my paths with Noah. And if it doesn't happen, and like, I remember even like the prayer that I wrote out, I still have it like on our bookshelf, like, Lord, you know, this, this guy seems amazing. Like, I really feel like he's going to be a part of my life. But if it's your will, you know, I was really like careful about my language, which is so funny. Like looking back on that now, just my relationship with him now, it's just so, I was overthinking it so much, you know, I didn't want to mess it up. And I didn't know that I, I actually didn't have that much power to mess it up. Um, But I just wrote down like, will you just, will you pass, cross my paths with Noah? And, you know, I close my journal, I go about camp in my life and I forget about him. It wasn't like, oh, I'm like pining after this guy. It was literally just like, God put it on my heart to learn how to, you know, ask things of him and, and create that dialogue with him and like, it was crazy, but I walk into the first day of school and we have completely different majors. We have no connections, like no overlapping friend groups really. And he is sitting in the front row of this night Spanish class. And my heart sunk to my toes. Like genuinely, it was like in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is real. You're even more real than I thought. Like it just, was honestly kind of a profound moment my sophomore year of college. It was like I got this peek behind the curtain. Um, and wow. yeah, from and that Monday point, night Spanish, like right. no one is excited that about that. From? Yeah. No, exactly. I remember I had like a muffin in my hand and all of these papers <laughs> yes. and I was late. And um, But I walked yeah. into that class with the one person that we both knew, like the one like connecting point that we actually had. And she introduced us like formally that night. And then she ended up dropping the class. So it was just the two of us. Yeah. And it's sweet. You know, he has certain memories of that night that um, are totally different, you know, in such a sweet way of meeting me and the things he was thinking, but he was in a relationship at the time. um, And I did know that much. So I'm sure like even during like praying for him and whatnot, like I had this guarded part of my heart of like, okay, this is, you know, he's, he's dating someone. So I knew, you know, enough about him and he was long distance with her and, you know, family, friends, but in a long-term relationship. And so we just became friends. I mean, we just were like study partners and, but we just had these conversations that honestly, like they were very innocent, but it felt like heaven peeled back and just like fell into our laps every time we talked. And it was, it was profound. Like it, it, I felt like I had known him my whole life. And so I, within like three months, I had fallen head over heels for this guy. I was like, this is it. Like, this is what people say when you know. But here I was in this relationship that, you know, he was taken. So, you know, but you don't know. Like, I don't know. And, And, you know, it was a lot of like okay, God, like, is this just a total tease? Like you put his name in my head. I meet him. It's this like fairy tale moment. And then I'm left empty handed. Like I'm, I'm just like pining after a guy that's 
looking in a different direction. And basically I, you know, I had a moment, you know, probably three or four months into knowing him that really I was just poured my heart out to the Lord and was like, okay, I'm head over heels for this guy. And it feels like you're just dangling this dream in front of me and like teasing me. And I know that that's not your nature, but like, yeah, I have to know that you're better than him. Like I have to know that you can fulfill me, that you're the romancer of my soul, that you are it, you know, that you're better and that you're more fulfilling and more satisfying because I feel like I just met my husband and, you know, we're not together. So like, it's me and you, like, it's just me and you. And at that point, I mean, I think it was just this really honest, like opening up unraveling of my heart because it was something I wanted so bad. Like I wanted so badly to be married my whole life and to be a mom and to be chosen and loved and pursued and all of these things. And here was this, you know, here was like my dream life presented to me in a sense, but it wasn't mine yet. And so then, you know, starts this two year journey of just waiting on him. So he was with someone else for two years, (gasps) two years. I'm thinking like Like a few weeks later. Right. You're like, yeah, this isn't a big, a big deal, but (gasps) no. And it's crazy Paige. So like truly it's, it's so wild because now in our marriage, like I see so much fruit for what the Lord did in that time. And sometimes I'm like, dang, like how much richer would our marriage be if it was five years? Like, obviously I wanted to be with Noah, like instantly. And I'm so happy we're together now, but some, but it's crazy. Like the Lord Mm. really just drew near to me out of this like raw and honest place. And I think I wanted to be with him so bad. I mean, we continued to work together. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of just like, as you know, I I felt like the Lord was just, and this has just been like a reoccurring theme in my life. And now with what we're facing in trying to start a family, I'm remembering so many of the details of mine and Noah's story and how it's, it was not how I thought it would be at all. I thought I'd meet him and we had this like beautiful kind of supernatural meet cute. And then we would fall in love and get married. Like it would, that it would make sense to me and it would be on my timeline. And there was two years. Yeah. That it would be really linear. And there were two years where the Lord just like, honestly captivated my heart because there was no other option. Like it was, I was pining after Noah so much and wanting to be in a relationship with him so much because here was like, all of this waiting I thought I'd done for, you know, 20 years. And then I meet the guy and I really have a hunch. He's my husband and he's with someone else. And so it was more waiting and confusion. And I think, um, you know, of course, like the timing was not aligned and that, that two years carried such a profound purpose in my relationship with the Lord, which then fed into our marriage. Because if we had just, you know, if he had just fallen in love with me, broke up with his girlfriend. Like it was this happily ever after moment in that, you know, instantaneously, then our marriage would be, you know, broken by now. Honestly, like, mm. I don't even know because honestly, like my identity would have been so wrapped up in him loving me and choosing me like this thing I'd waited for. And now it was here and I prayed for it and God gave it to me. And this is awesome. 
And those two years, I really just learned what it meant to be intimately loved by God and intimately known Mm. by God because there was no him not knowing me, like, because this deepest desire had like hollowed out everything else. And I wanted to be loved so badly. And I just, you know, begged God to fill that space and really just, he captured my heart and my faith just like, I think that, that longing, but shifting that longing as much as I could, like, to being open to God filling that. It was like, he, he's the one who created that desire in me. How much more can he fill it than Noah? Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that before we started a relationship, before we fell in love. Um, and I think our falling in love, our relationship, our marriage is so much better for those lessons learned in that waiting period. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now it's not like my all of my my whole world is resting on Noah's shoulders. I'm often tempted of that in marriage. And I, I envy little Caroline who was like, God was her world. Like literally I had gotten to a point where like, I was so hungry, like for the presence of God. Like, because if you ask, like if you really ask to be met by God, to really know him and understand him, like he will answer. Like, yes, you know, prayer requires perseverance and Mm. That perseverance was met. Like he, he just blessed me with fulfillment, you know? And there was this like beautiful parallel of, I didn't stop falling in love with Noah. Like I just was aware of the reality of the situation and, you know, I wasn't going to like throw myself at him. I didn't want to manipulate him into being in relationship with me and then start Mm. a a marriage from that place. It was really just waiting and praying. But I think people miss like when you're waiting for something and you're praying in that space, you're not just like on pause in your life. Like your life still moves on and you still have experiences and emotions and things happening. And the Lord wants to be in those details. Like he's not trying to waste your time or, you know, withhold himself for you until you get that thing. Like he wants to show you how much he loves you and how much more satisfying and more fulfilling he is than that thing you're waiting for. Because Mm -hmm. when, you know, and that's, it sounds like a Christian cliche, but it's so profound when you're in it and you feel it and you really like get in the nitty gritty of that, like waiting and that raw desire and ask him to be more ask him to yeah. be bigger than that thing that you're longing for. And I think sometimes we're scared to like ask that of him and he's waiting for us to be like, she has no idea how good it's going to get, you know? Yes. And I think that's been this just like beautiful reoccurring pattern in my life. And I know I, it's so long winded talking about my story with Noah, but I think it was such a, such a big theme in my life was like waiting to be loved, waiting to be chosen waiting to be wanted, whatever. And then I meet my husband, have a hunch. He's my husband and then have to wait on him again, you know? And yes, for me, it was, I had been through much harder quote unquote things, but emotionally it was the hardest. Like Mm. I'd been through what maybe other people would think would be way harder than that. But for me, that's what like really stretched the walls of my heart and made me like get on my knees before the Lord and ask him to be real to me. Like there was a point where Noah and I were driving in the car, you know, at, at this point, um, 
him and his girlfriend had broken up very peacefully, very mutually. Um, like it had just the, everything was working in the Lord's timing and they realized that that wasn't, you know, what they wanted for their future. And it was honestly like the most peaceful and kind of crazy good breakup, I guess, if you could have a good breakup. And at that time we were like driving in the car on the way to a shoot, you know, just really, really good friends working together, kind of on mission together, but like in a very platonic way, still having these like profound conversations. But I had like all of these rules for myself, did the best that I could, you know, to not like cross lines and like keep things you know, as normal as possible. But, Mm. um, I remember telling him, I'm not even kidding you. And he, he quotes this because like, it's so funny and kind of ridiculous, but I remember telling him like, um, like how much I was learning about God's heart for me to the point where I was literally like telling him celibacy is like a concentrated privilege for a Christian, like to know God that deep, like, wow you know, what, I mean, literally like I had fallen in love with the Lord so intimately and it was just, it's so funny to like, look back on the time now. Cause he quotes that back and he's like, I was head over heels for you and I wanted to marry you. And you're telling me you want to be like single for the rest of your life because you love God so much, which is so funny. So, I mean, the Lord was at work in his heart doing so many things. Yes. But you had no idea at that point either. No. Yes. None of our friends were pouring your heart out about celibacy. Literally. Literally. I'm like, I'm going to be single. It's going to be great. Um, You know, so it was – of course, like with everything in life, it's both, right? It was agonizing and horrible. And I had so many insecurities that crept in, but the Lord used those things to need my soul and like really get to know me and not get to know me. He knew me, but to let me get to know him and his love mm. for me. So wow, it's like now we're facing infertility and it feels mm. like kind of this here we go again. (laughs) Like this is going to bring me to my knees, much like falling in love with Noah. But looking back on that time, I'm like, we, I'm married to my best friend and we have this foundation that I can't shake. Even on days where I'm like wanting total control and wanting to just like run from God and wanting to like kind of peel him off of me because I'm so upset with what's going on mm. in my life or whatever it is, like wanting yeah. to just like run from that relationship. I have, my life is dripping with his faithfulness. Like, mm. and I say that a lot because it's just, it's true. Like I can't peel him out of my story. Like I can't take away his goodness from my story. And I know that this grief, while I, I know longing for a boy is a different version of grief. But for me in that time, it was like, this is a new, deeper, you know, heavier grief that is really stretching the walls of my heart. But like I told you yesterday, it's just like scooped everything out. Like it's bottomed me out. Like nothing could hold the weight of this grief and this desire to be a mother and not having that nothing could hold that weight but God. So it's mm. it's like, here we go again. I know that this is going to enlarge my soul and stretch 
my capacity for your love. Like, but ouch, it hurts. And I'm remembering Mm -hmm. how much that experience really does hurt. Um, it's both, you know, but anyway, that, that is my love story with Noah. You know, Mm. we, once we like, it was aligned and the timing was right. Our friends leaked it to each other that we liked each other. No way. And it was our best friend (laughs) ended up being our, our best man, our maid of honor, but they told each other and it went into light speed. I mean, it was like, the easiest thing in the whole world. Um, hmm. well, yeah, just, because you spent easy. all this time like with each other and oh, we were we were yeah, each other. literally a friendship. Yeah. We were best friends, hmm. and that that's what's so cool is like if I go back into like old journals and stuff like that was the desire of my heart was to fall in love with my best friend, and the Lord knew I was so ready. Like I was so ready to jump into a relationship. I would have been like married on the first date. Yeah. And like that desire was even part of my story. And he had put that in my heart. And so like protecting me for that two years to create that best friendship, like it was really platonic. And even if we had these quiet feelings for each other, we had conversations that really would have been a lot messier. I think if we were in a relationship and they were so like preserved and for two years, even our friends wouldn't like burst the bubble. Everyone knew, you know, it was like this, don't say it, don't mess it up, like hesitancy. And I'm sure there were so many things that we overthought or over-spiritualized out of like fear of messing it up. You know, there were so many different like little elements to it, but yeah, I'm honestly so grateful for our story and Mm. how much confidence I have in how much God loves me and knows me intimately. Um, And just that he cares about the details and the deepest desires of my heart. And he cared about meeting me and filling my heart, you know, profoundly with his love for me and teaching me truly about the gravity of the gospel for me before I stepped into this really serious, beautiful relationship with another Mm -hmm. broken person, because it was, you know, the first of everything for me. And so it's a really unique story. And I don't think it's, it's the blueprint for a great relationship at all. I mean, like, it's not this oh, you only need to date one person or need to pray this way. Like there's no formula for finding your husband or anything like that. But I think just allowing God to really meet me in this authentic place of like raw openness, Mm. um, like not being ashamed (laughs) that the thing that I wanted was to be loved and to be wanted. That's how I got to know him so deeply and so quickly in that place was letting him in, you know, and Mm. doing everything I could to just trust and not be suspicious of him during that time. Um, and gosh, that was like, it was miserable. It was miserable, but I like he met me, you know, and, yeah. and also now the cherry on top, this like bonus epic gift of that, like concentrated intimacy with the Lord is that I am not married to that person. And yes. he is my best friend and he's not my everything, you know, but we get to link arms and do life together. And it's so much better than what it would have been and what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty, it was a lot of things, but um, I think just it taught me that 
the Lord cannot commune with me unless I'm my most authentic self before him. Yes. That you know you shared with me and it was just like, I had never heard it articulated in that way before. And even when you said like you uh, were needing to press into like trust and not being suspicious that like God hadn't mm-hmm. lied to you. He hadn't planted these things only to be like, gotcha. Like he wasn't yes. in games. Like I just think you articulated that so well. And just I love even what you were sharing about like your teenage self and how just much you loved and craved like the presence of God because I think I relate to that a lot. Like sometimes I feel, I don't know, weird thinking like when was the time when my faith was just like so lit up? I don't know what exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was just like so captivated by the Lord. Literally when I was like 16, 17. Yes, right. And um, 15, 14. And sometimes I'm like, is that that real? Was that silly? But like, no, it is so real. And I think part of that was like – I was like what you were saying, I guess, unafraid to bring those desires to him. I wasn't like filtering anything through these lenses of what I thought I should be um, or things that I've heard other people say. Right. And it sounds like you had that same experience and throughout this process of waiting to like finally like be with Noah and to have the Lord like fulfill this promise and this desire – you learned, like you said, to bring your most authentic self yeah. and like unfiltered and um, not worry about like saying the right things. Right. Like as you were describing that to me, I w- was reflecting on that yesterday. And initially I was like, I don't think I do that. Like I don't think I like feel self-conscious around the Lord. And he was just like tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, <laughs> oh, you for sure do, you know? Um, mm. And I just think that is such a good like – I don't know, like prompt for reflection, even, Mm. you know, like, how are you praying? How are you communicating to the Lord? Not because we need to be better. It's wrong, but because he just loves us and wants like all of us and like our honesty, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, like even with lamenting, like lamenting isn't praying about your pain. It's praying your pain, you know, like it doesn't get much more honest than that. Like it, you can't, you can't get much more raw than that. And I think it's so easy to like every single day we're putting on a mask, like we're on social media, we create this like wedge between us and what people know of us and what us and what God knows of us or our spouse knows of us. We have, we live from like childhood wounds and relationship wounds that are very valid, but should not be like the the main driving force informing how we engage with God because Mm -hmm. he is like the picture of authenticity and honesty and perfect love. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Like it's absolutely countercultural and, you know, the opposite of what we see today. Um, And it's really difficult in human relationships, you know? So it's hard to trust that that it's safe. Yes. Yeah. That's safety. Exactly. I think the example I gave you is like, 
I could be having a really stressful, strung out day and like it's very evident. And then my husband will be like, can I help you? Do you want to go like take a shower or take a walk? And I'm like, (laughs) no, I've got it. Like obviously – no, that's what I want. But it's like for whatever reason, I'm like holding back. I'm like not right. being honest with him, with myself. I'm like split almost inside yeah. and not trusting like, no, he cares for me and he's good. And right. like I don't have to trust that he's saying one thing but actually like yes. means another. Yes. Like I can just be yes. like, oh, thank you. Like you're so safe and not be thinking like is yeah. he secretly – me or whatever it is, whatever it is, you know? Right. And so I was like, you can oh take him goodness. at his word. Yes, that exactly. And like, how much more can I do that with God? And so right. I think it's so helpful. First of all, just like really encourages my faith in the Lord to be steadfast and to be persistent, honestly, and just like yeah. continue desiring him because the reality is, I have so many desires. Like I think that's part of it too. When I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, my parents were meeting my needs and I just didn't care that much about like aesthetic things or like all of these just adult things that like start to matter to you, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, there's so many more desires that I have that are not pure or as like nearly as good or necessary as obviously our ultimate, our God. And so- I think, yeah, all that to say, all that was so helpful for really setting up the framework for your fertility journey. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. So the first way is to share the show with a friend. This is actually how most people find our show, and I am so thankful every time you do this. You can text them a link, or you can also share the show on your social media. This ultimately helps the algorithm get our show to more like-minded women who can find our community. And I also just love reading through your comments. They mean so much to me and are so encouraging. And finally, you can actually donate to the show by Venmoing Paige Geidel or sending via PayPal to hello at pagegeidel.com. I'm currently working on getting a website up and running, so this is more official, but it does cost time and resources and energy to create the show. And even just $5 helps so much with all of the monthly fees and time. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so thankful for you and we will see you next week for another episode.